go hire people as I was scared to do it somehow and it was all new for us but I really fell dumped now beside all these people in a company call as they are way more clever than me and they also solving things faster so it's kind of a relief. Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SaaStock, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host Alex Thuma and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Okay, welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Alex Huma, CEO founder at SaaStock. Delighted to be joined uh, today by uh, Stefan Smolders, uh, who is the, the CEO uh, and co-founder of uh, Expandy. Actually, I think you're now the CSO, right? The Chief Strategy Officer. I got, I got the intro slightly wrong there, but you were the CEO. You're now the CSO, so we, we will talk about that uh, in a minute. But uh, Stefan, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well and a blast to finally, finally uh, be a guest in your show as a super fan of what you're doing. Excellent. No, uh, well, great to have you on the uh, uh, on the podcast. Whereabouts are you at the moment, Stefan? In the southern part of the Netherlands. Okay, uh, very nice. And is, is that where your office is or uh, is, is that's where you're living? Yeah, that's where I'm living. And today I'm working uh, remote from the home office. Okay, very cool, very cool. Uh, I see the nice comfortable chair there. I need to get something for myself. Uh, getting a bit of backache these days, so I need, need to invest in that. Um, but Stefan, um, we met, I think we met last summer at a SaaS conference, not called SaaStock, but then you spoke at SaaStock. Uh, and actually, well, I, I think even around around that time last summer, you you, you joined the SaaStock founder membership, which we'll, we'll speak about later. But um uh, I think, in, a, in effect, we've known each other less than a year, uh, and uh, I've seen obviously the you know the great growth of your business. Um, so we'll cover a little bit of that journey of your your bootstrapping to to seven and a half million uh, ARR in uh, you, you know less than three years. Um, but first, let's start with just a little bit about you. You, you know, uh, as a person. So who is Stefan Smolders? Yeah, Stefan, as I just mentioned, is, is 39 years old. I, I live in the Netherlands, actually, my whole wife. I have a lovely wife and, and son, he's six years. Uh, I like to spend a lot of family time in the weekends, go to football and have some fun with my family aside all the, uh, the, the, the long days and, 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 and hardworking um, as a founder of a, a fast-growing uh, bootstrap company. Very cool. Yeah, I um, from my conversations with you, I can see that you're a proud dad of uh, the next Lionel Messi. <laughs> Seems that uh, there is some potential to uh, to spend some attention on. So let's uh, see how that moves forward. But it's definitely in the stage that I keep on dreaming. So <laughs> well, we, you, maybe you, you heard it here first, listeners. Uh, just follow the name Smolders, and maybe in uh, 15 years you, we might see him wearing the orange jersey uh, of the Netherlands. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> Um, and you're you're the founder uh, or co-founder of Expandy. Um, is Expandy your your first or second or third company? <laughs> to to be fully transparent, Alex, it, it looks like an overnight success. And all the things you mentioned, they are one hundred percent true. But it at least took me eight years of failures, of lessons learned, of uh, 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 came up with an idea a uh, long, long time ago, just after I finished my 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 school. 
uh, took 500k VC money uh, based on an idea. I did not have anything on paper. I burned 500k by hiring developers together with my current co-founder Glenn. And we were totally running out of money before we launched the product. That was the first uh, lesson I, I, I learned the hard way. Uh, secondly, I, as a growth marketer and with a marketing background, I was kind of always triggered on, uh, uh, um, let's say, if 100 people visit your website, that only two or three take action, fill in a form, take contact, leave their uh, details. So that triggers me to design together with one of my current co-founders, Glenn, an IP tracking software, let's say seven years ago. It was in the early stage, it was quite of advanced. We were one of the first ones who provided liquid content, dynamic pages based on IP. Uh, the only thing we did not cover that well was a proper database. So we only worked with a local database, found out after that we pushed it towards a thousand subscriptions as a side hustle, that people, it was more nice to have software for them. So they liked actually what, uh, what we've built, but they still are fighting on what's the best way to follow up. I saw some strange things happen. They, they picked up the phone, they called to the reception. Hey, Alex, it's Stefan here. I saw maybe per accident, some of your colleagues visited my website. Can you forward me to them? And they all say, I have no clue what you're talking about. And then they start blaming me as a provider. And again, that repeating question triggered me to find ways to do acquisition on a much more modern way. So I jumped on LinkedIn, let's say four, four and a half years ago as kind of a newbie. I had 143 connections at that time point. I never ever used it up until then for commercial purposes. So I started to spend all my time to build out sequences to learn from the pros out there. I watched a lot of YouTube videos about lead gen on LinkedIn and within three months it became my number one lead channel. So I thought, let's be clever and document the playbooks I execute on my own profile. Uh, I took on some complaining customers from my previous software as they all wanted to have appointments so I optimized their profiles. And that was the beginning of a started, let's say, lead gen agency done for you, where I provided the help to C-level decision makers to take over their LinkedIn and book appointments for them using my own playbooks. Um, after managing five customers, two left hands um, and one Excel sheet, I was running totally out of time. And I thought, let's be clever and try to search for some tools which can repeat some, at least some automate, some repeat, automate some repetitive tasks on LinkedIn. So I, uh, I, 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 I tried actually all the tools out there, 99% uh, of them were Chrome extended, uh, designed with very intelligent features, but all for single users. As a growth marketer, I always wanted to test, run A-B test, run multiple campaigns. So at some point I needed to open 80 browser sessions to manage uh, uh, 10 accounts. And as my wife was calling me for dinner at, 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 uh, uh, in the evening, I needed to close all these automations and all these browser sessions. So. Somehow, out of frustration, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I stuck and I shared these uh, frustrations with Glenn. And Glenn told me, uh, a guy who never touched LinkedIn, let's build a thing ourselves. Let's make it way more intelligent, cloud-based, designed for people like you who want to manage other people's profiles. And that was a bit of the birth of uh, Expandi. We made our first GitHub registration, let's say, beginning February 2019 after pivoting and promising that it would be ready to test within three months. All these things took way longer. 
we launched it on the global market uh, uh, 15 November 2019. So let's say three and a bit more years ago right now. Yeah. Very, very cool. Thanks for sharing the story there. And quite a common path where um, I guess kind of like founders, SaaS founders that we certainly we've spoken to on the podcast, you know, have started out with a, a service, you know, an agency, you, you know, and see that, you know, they're doing a lot of manual tasks and then, you know, look to provide a, a SaaS-based solution uh, to to improve the efficiency of doing those those tasks. So uh, uh, good to see the, the, the route that you took there. Um, I, a quick, quick question. So, eight years of failures. Uh, you sort of mentioned. How do you find the? Uh, I, I don't know the the will, or you, you know, to kind of like keep going on. Like at, at what point do either you say to yourself, or does your wife say to you, "Hey, Stefan, time to get a proper job," or you know? <laughs> um, I, I know my wife now for more than eight years, and. Uh, uh, she always mentioned you can talk really, really well. That's maybe how I got her. But I also start talking about bigger dreams since day one. And uh, it took really indeed a while before uh, things took off. And uh, yeah, the, the good thing at the end is that she never left me. Uh, uh, even in, 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 in the beginning when we had moments when I did not even have uh, 50 bucks to spend on a week for, uh, for, for food for, for the both of us. Um, but... After Expandi took off really well and I needed to make, let's say, more than 17 hours uh, a day to work in different time zones to cover all these demos. And, 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 and um, she was actually never complaining. She gave me the space at the moment uh, to also uh, travel a lot, to, 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 to visit different states, to do keynotes, to meet other founders. So, um, yeah, I'm very thankful for a, a very supportive wife who actually set her own things aside to support my uh, my journey. Very cool, very cool. I think everybody needs uh, you know a, a strong supportive partner, especially if you're a, you're a founder. Um, you know, it, it's not easy on both sides of the uh, the relationship, right? It, it does cause uh, you know a little bit of stress and uh, um, you know tension at times. Um, so, Expandy. 2019, we've launched the SaaS products, you know, born out of the the services sort of agency. Now, fast forward to, we are um, 2023, March 2023. How big is the company? I guess it's not just you and Glenn now. No, we, we grow a bit. Are you bootstrapped? Um, yeah, just kind of like any like uh, data that you can share, you know, revenue, metrics, et cetera. Happy to share all the all the metrics uh, uh, available in terms of of of, of people. We, we started actually locally in Eindhoven with just a handful of people working on the on the project and some uh, some uh, contractors. Um, at the moment, we have uh, with us three as a founders in total, forty three colleagues working for Expandi. Ninety nine percent of all these people working remote. Uh, from actually across different countries and mainly Europe. Uh, so we, we have people in London, we have people in the uh, uh, Netherlands, we have a second office in Lithuania. Uh, we also have a lot of colleagues with Bulgarian roots. Some of them live there, some of them live in the Netherlands as they studied here on university and decided to stay. Uh, we have a lot of colleagues coming from Ukraine. We actually have, have a very warm bond with Ukraine since they run. My wife is coming from Ukraine. Originally, we started working with a lot of contractors from Ukraine. 
and now um, and partners. And I think 13, 14 colleagues are uh, have a Ukrainian background. Some of them live in Georgia and in, in Poland, so they they moved out when the war started. And unfortunately, some of them were not able. So I think we have at the moment seven colleagues who still live in uh, in Ukraine. And why why did you uh, decide to do a remote business? I, I guess I mean looking at the the, the timelines there, twenty nineteen, just before COVID. Um, you you know were you thinking about building this business out of the Netherlands? Um, you, you know no, uh, it's always remote from day one. Um, no, yeah, we were actually not 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 even no, definitely not thinking about uh, uh, changing towards a remote company. Then indeed, COVID kicked in. Uh, in the Netherlands, it was at that time point not allowed to uh, to work from office spaces, and they strongly recommended everyone to work from home. So that became kind of a new culture. And in a later stage, when we needed to hire, as we maybe grow in the beginning too fast, we did not develop the team. We did not gain more knowledge in the team. We're different types of people. So we were actually with all very young, talented people which are able to work hard uh, uh, like a fish in the water in a startup environment, but we did not have experience in the company. And in a later stage, it was way more easier for us to find people outside of the Netherlands. Uh, so it happens kind of organically. And so I want to jump into this fast growth uh, as a bootstrapper, um, which, you know, in terms of the numbers, um, you, you know, that... That we've sp- spoken about, you know, I think you got to seven and a half million in, you, you know, about two and a half years, or just it was under three years. And I don't know the ARR has changed, which I'll, I'll uh, speak about as well. But so that's fast growth. I think you got to, I saw four million in fourteen months, um, if that's correct. So we want to un- unpick this a little bit because, as, you know, for a bootstrap company. Um, this is fantastic growth, right? And, uh, you, you know, it takes a lot of bootstrappers much longer uh, to get to their first million, you know, to get to their first four, to get to their first seven. So we, we want to learn from you. Uh, how have you done it? I mean, what's the secrets to, to your success? So I, I guess kind of first of all, let, let's start with, um, and I think, you, you know, maybe I know the answer here, but getting your first customers. You, I get, were your first customers those that came from the agency that you were doing the work for manually, that you sold them then the, here's the SaaS tool to help you? Yeah, I, I thought when, when Glenn mentioned in the beginning of February 2019, within three months you have a proper working beta version to, to play around with, I was doing a lot of preparations and I knew from experience that, as I just mentioned, from that Lead Express software, which I sort of called a nice-to-have software, I thought all these users of similar softwares, they all like that software, but they most likely all also challenge with what's in intelligent ways to follow up. So I started to do preparations and use a tool like BuildWith. And I filled in there all the tracking scripts. If you leverage an IP tracking software, you need to put a code on your website so they can count all the registration and measure all the things going on. So I just started to scrape all um, companies in the Netherlands who are leveraging some similar software from a Dutch competitor. And I prepared all these lists and I start approaching them with our expanding to test it, to prove them that this type of, uh, of outreach should, uh, should work. And 
We booked at least 40 appointments a week together with uh, one of our first colleagues, uh, Sharon. And we found out at that time point that it took us 20 minutes to convince the they, they confirmed that they need to find better ways, but they were not that active on LinkedIn. Uh, so that took us 20 minutes to convince them that LinkedIn is the platform, the go-to platform to use. Secondly, it costed at least 20 minutes to convince them that automation was on top of that the best way. And after one week they came back that they had no clue what to send. But we gained that way 315 beta users who start playing around with our software. And the learning from there was that we analyzed the situation and we decided if we really want to scale this, it will take way too many efforts. It's the wrong audiences as they are not familiar with LinkedIn. So the conclusion was we need to find somehow a way to launch it global. Um, the second challenge on top of that was that we had no money, not even a single dollar to spend on a traditional paid marketing. So we needed to find a hack to gain at least a 50k to prepare on global launch to rent kind of an office. So what we did is that we approached all these, uh, let's say 300 beta users with an annual offer, uh, which they could pay up front. And we should help them with building sequences from our agency experiences. And let's say 60 of them took advantage of that. And that's the way how we gained our first 50k. And we used that to work uh, from an office, our first office, we are still there. As we are remote, we are not using it that much. But uh, aside of that, we, we, we could prepare a global launch with a bit more traction. Um, Everybody is asking me what you did after that. Yeah, so the found findings were kind of that that was not the right audiences. And I thought we need to find audiences who are already in love with LinkedIn, who are using LinkedIn automation on a daily basis. Um, so it were actually Stefan's agency owners. So we were focusing more on the growth marketers who are managing multiple accounts and agency owners who provided a lead gen service or a recruitment service. And most of them were managing tons from 20 to hundreds of LinkedIn accounts. I exactly knew what their pain points were and the struggles and the fights I had with these softwares were exactly the same as, as, as the challenges they face. So we started to prepare playbooks um, where we did a breakdown of the best performing strategies executed with Expandy, kind of a hex we called it. And then we, we, we spent a lot of attention on distributing these playbooks in communities in areas where we were thinking these, these agencies and growth marketers should, should are, let's say, indie hackers, growth hacker websites, uh, 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 growth hack communities on Facebook. For three, four years ago, Facebook was, was a huge platform for people who want to engage with, with, with others in groups. And we did the same on LinkedIn. We leveraged my LinkedIn profile to uh, use a strategy with an engagement pod and get a lot of traction on an engaging post and then ask people to leave a comment and then we send over the guide automatically with Expander. Uh, so that, that are kind of the, 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 the strategies we leveraged in the beginning. And then everybody's asking me kind of as a second question, can it be the case that these things help you to grow to, to, to such a number so super, super fast? Fully transparently, I'm, I'm, I'm not world's most intelligent uh, marketer. I'm not a genius. I actually took very simple advantage of the three things 
happening in this kind of a grain niche where we are operating. And to see it the right way, what we are doing, it's not illegal, it's not forbidden by law, but somehow it's against LinkedIn's terms and policy. And four years ago, there was a huge, huge buzz around safety. Especially all our US friends want to leverage these automation tools because they can make faster business, save a lot of time, make more money. And on the other hand, nobody wants to lose their profiles. And at some point, some Chrome extended tools, they were sort of catched by LinkedIn. And it took them a while to come back on the platform. Some people lost their profiles. And I think at the end, it was just a handful of people. But the bus was so huge that it, 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 it looked like hundreds of thousands of people were losing their profiles. So I thought if that's actually the most um, important thing for people to have a safe profile, then I just pronounced Expandi as world's safest tool out there. And I started, I kept pronouncing it. And without a joke, the first couple of months, of course, Glenn did a great job in building a, a very intelligent architecture and infrastructure. But the first couple of months, I was just begging and praying, please let it did not fall apart. And I kept screaming and screaming. And at some point, people start believe you. Um, so that gave us really a lot of traction. Secondly, in this particular niche, all these providers at that time point, they were sort of hiding themselves for LinkedIn. It was quite hard to find out who, who was actually the company behind these tools. You could not even talk with the founder, not even in a call. You had no clue about these things. So most likely they were just scared for Bill Gates that he should come someday, spank them and crack these tools down. And, and I simply thought, he will find me anyway if I hide myself or not. So let's just do exactly the opposite. Use myself as the face as a, uh, of the brand and run all these calls, these demo calls in the beginning myself, share my experiences. I was a previous agency owner as well. I exactly knew what your pain points were. And I was, for example, running in the first four months after launching Expandi, more than 700 demo calls uh, to just experience why are these people considering us uh, or, or compare us uh, 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 against established names. And I could use all this input for, for, for marketing purposes in a later stage. And I think third, very important, um, everybody was just screaming, come use our tool, then we 10x your results. And you saw on these websites, these huge slogans, 10x here and 10x there. But nobody was walking the talk. So what I mean, nobody was explaining what you exactly need to do to get these 10x results on LinkedIn. So we started with our own team to leverage our own tool Expandi and design the most intelligent out of the box place strategies. And the most successful ones, we took them apart, broke them down into playbooks with the how, the why, how we connected the dots, what results it gave us, what messages, what templates we got, um, with proofs, screenshots, everything in it, from appointments book, replies on the messaging. And we, the, the only thing we did was distributing in these specific communities as much as we could, all manually, these playbooks, they were not even SEO optimized. We had no expertise in our team from somebody who could leverage SEO. So it was a lot of manual work, uh, upvoting on growth hackers, on indie hackers, fake accounts to uh, uh, create more upvotes and all these kind of uh, uh, crazy things. But the, these three things combined, I think that that feels for me like, okay, that's 
was really the golden formula in this niche with this product as it was already an oversaturated market with tons of providers who could do a trick on LinkedIn uh, which brought us all that success and afterwards we did that, that yeah was kind of confirmed there's a lot of our competitors they changed the approach uh, 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 looked at what we did and tried to adopt it uh, the same way but we, we were kind of the inventors in this yeah, sort of a gray niche to do things fully different than uh, uh, up until then uh I mean, great uh, three things that, that you did there, or, or I guess kind of like uh, pillars of your strategic growth, um, doing all the right things uh, there. I think, you you know, you nailed your ICP, um, you know, in terms of it being the agency. Um, you had the beta customers that were kind of already using the, the product, you, you know, the early uh uh early evangelists, uh, I guess, that you managed to kind of like sell to help you get the capital to, uh, to, to to grow uh, using yourself as the um, using your tool to get the customers, but using yourself as that figurehead, um, you know, on, on LinkedIn doing the the content marketing uh, as well, and on on the the, the figurehead thing. So, <clears throat> as you mentioned, like uh, your competitors, um, I don't know if they are now, but they uh, certainly weren't. You know, eighteen months ago. It was very difficult to find out who are these tools that you, you know were doing what you did, and and we we've had that experience where we work with a, a an agency um, where they have you, you know some people in the Philippines and they're using a tool uh, and they were doing this outreach on LinkedIn, uh, and I tried to find out what the tool was, but I I, I couldn't uh, you, you know find out what, what what the tool was. So this was like eighty. I, I didn't mention this to you, but this was like eighteen twenty months ago, something like that. Um, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's kind of strange, but I guess to say it's not illegal, but because they're fearful of LinkedIn, like people are not being, you know, as public. So you, you went the opposite way to be public and getting to my point to you, with you being public in the face, the face of the product, you did actually get booted off LinkedIn, um, for, uh, a, a little bit right now. Is it, is it because, is it because LinkedIn, didn't like expandy and you, you know what you're doing or you know what was the reason and, and and you're reinstated now you're back on linkedin how did you get back in yeah i i i was leveraging my profile in the early days to get a lot of traction and i was uh, uh, designing kind of a giveaway posts and uh, 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 we're publicly talking about linkedin automation somehow my posts got each and every time at that time point uh, 100k plus views uh, thousands of people who were engaging with it, commenting on it. And I think after eight posts, LinkedIn thought, who's this crazy motherfucker? He's just talking about automation on our platform. I did needs, This needs to stop who, who he's thinking that he is. So from one on the other day, they just uh, uh, removed uh, and closed my profile. Out of respect, as I, uh, from a strategical perspective, I had expect that they should do it only not that soon so from yeah i i did a step back i accepted uh, the the situation but it felt in the beginning same like for example a coder without a laptop you're missing just an arm or something as it was one of my main channels to to use and it took actually a while to get used to the fact that i did not have a profile myself anymore um I never tried to 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 ask it uh, back, and so I, I was just focusing on other channels, and we used other colleagues' profiles, but did it 
do not that obvious anymore on LinkedIn itself. Um, as they sent us uh, in the early days a uh, letter per email uh, about this situation and they friendly asked me to remove uh, Expandi from the, or disconnect Expandi from their platform as we were doing mass scraping, mass this, mass that. And we were at 25k MRR dollars at that time point. So the only thing I thought, oh, if they just ask me friendly to remove it, then they at least can not find Expandi technically. So let's go double down on growing it even, even more faster. Then two weeks later, COVID kicked in. So it felt a bit, it was a, a bit, yeah, a weird month. Um, but yeah, we managed to, to uh, took advantage of COVID. Everybody was working remote. Uh, needed to book appointments so more people were leveraging such kind of tools to book these appointments and use it for lead gen uh, or outsource it towards a lead gen agency um, so yeah we, we took really off since yeah d d during covid and six months after launch we reached a one million run rate i think it was in, in end of may 2020 and two months later, or three months later in August, we hit a 2 million run rate and we closed the year at 3.1, sort of. Uh, we grow indeed super, super fast to 4 million in 14 months. Um, if I look back now, we, grew, we, we kept growing up until 5 million, then we reached the plateau. And that was sort of a new situation. We were three founders which never managed a, co a growing company in a scaling phase, but what we did not spend attention to, we first of all, we had a very small team. Second, I was not engaging with other people, with other founders. I actually had literally no clue how we were doing comparing to other SaaS companies. It really sounds as a joke right now, but at some point people ask me, how's Expandi doing? I share these numbers. They all say to me, it's impossible for a Dutch bootstrap company. And then I just shared my Stripe account and showed these results. And some of them recommended me to, to write a story about it, just to inspire all the founders, just all, all the things that did not took off with Lead Express, then how I came with ID and what we exactly did to, 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 to grow it. So we wrote our first founder story and that's, that's the article you refer to. We got so many traction from, from that article. I got invited for a lot of podcast interviews. I met Nathan due to that. Um, we got approached by a lot of VCs, uh, uh, private equities. Everybody wanted something from us. And it really felt so sort of blessed on the one side and on the other side, we, uh, what we need to do with it. After that link, uh, not long after that, LinkedIn made so many changes on the platform to avoid spam that they reduced actions people could do. We needed to adjust our whole tool, find new ways to help people leverage LinkedIn. It was a whole transition, um, fully transparent at some point in 2021. We were making 300K net profit each month and I really felt depressive and I think I thought about quitting, stopping, uh, and I think it's, it's, it's just and simply because I had actually no idea how to move the company forward from, from, from that point. I did not spoke to other founders. Uh, I did not share my challenges, my struggles. So I, I, I did a step back. I also understood I have kind of a golden egg here in my hands, which I need to bring over the finish to, to uh, it, because it felt like a lifetime opportunity. 
Um, so I, I made a target list of, of, let's say, 30 people. 20 of them were Dutch successful SaaS founders, which were ahead of me or had an exit or uh, such sort of things. And the other 10 were mainly directors or board members from, from Dutch VC companies. I prepared a presentation just to share my story and the worries I had. And I planned all these conversations in October 2021. And the conclusion of that, they were just all laughing at me. What, you're making problems, you make so much money. Just go hire people, just go hire people. What's, what's, well, just hire people for the things you do not like or you're not able to do. That helped me to, to, to actually look in the mirror to just see I'm more early stage startup founder with the growth hack mentality. I, I, I don't measure things. I can't manage people. Uh, 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 I can't work in processes. I actually can't even set up a process. And that are actually the things which you need to do from 5 million on to, to grow to, to let's say 20. Um, so I slowly understood that I needed to bring in other types of people in our company people who walk the talk with experiences, who could lead by example, who could level up our own employees. And before we did that, I started engaging with a woman who's still helping us as a founders to think about things like what's, what's the comp company values, what's the uh, entity before we started to hire, or what's, the, what's the culture fit, how people need to behave, what we want, what we expect. Um, so she, she forced us together with my two co-founders to think about all these things. And it was a lot of hustle, struggle, but we managed to accomplish it. And from that moment on last year, we could seriously start hiring people, other types of people with, 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 with experiences that caused us at some point also challenges as it scared a lot of young people from the early days. They were scared for their jobs, but at the end, it was just our intention to help them level up and uh, share experiences with them. But five of them at the same, in the same month, they decided to leave the company. So all our product knowledge in August, 2022 was gone. Uh, we, we faced challenges with, with learning new people fast paced about the product, which grow and extend with more features and things. So a couple of times we definitely had uh, sort of uh, challenges during our road and if you ask me now what was more challenging for myself working let's say a year without getting any payment in an early stage startup to just launch the product or scale it from five to, to from that moment on and restructure the organization i definitely should say that that second part where we are in right now and to come back or to make the bridge towards the, the, the question you asked uh, in the beginning. That's also the main reason why I stepped a bit more out of operations and uh, try to fulfill a role where I can be as much value with the qualities I have and that's more in building out the brand, being the brand ambassador, talk to potential partners, talk to interesting people, try to gain and attract clever people to work in our company. And that fits more with a sort of strategical CSO uh, role. So that was actually the, the, yeah, the main reason uh, behind. I, I'm just not good enough anymore to, 
to uh, to to to, ma- to manage it. Yeah. And are you you enjoying the the new role? Yeah, some, sometimes it's 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 emotionally hard. We're traveling a lot to 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 be separated from from your family. I think yeah, you 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 you, you face face the same. Uh, but on the other hand, it feels really great to be on stage, to share things, to meet new people, to build out a company that way, to try to find interesting people to work with. So I feel way more comfortable than doing this. Although I'm separated from my family, than working in operations or trying to build out a process. Yeah, no, that 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 is probably the say the hardest. Like. I do have a family, so it's probably a moot point. If I didn't, I would probably be traveling a lot more. Um, but um, yeah, like last week, and we were both away in New York at uh, Nathan Lacker's SAS Open uh, event, and I was away for it was like six days, maybe. And um, yeah, de- definitely one of my kids missed me a lot. Um, the other one, she's, she's a bit more, um, I don't know, understanding of these things. But I think for, for one of my kids, it was quite a, a struggle with me being away. You know, and that makes it sort of like uh, quite tough. Even obviously, I'm I'm working out there, but uh, uh, means that you kind of have to pick and choose the the, the moments uh, for sure, and the uh, the events and opportunities that you have, to, um, you know, to take advantage of. I'm going to move into uh, conscious of time seven. So I'm going to move into the the quick-ish fire round. Um, so, what one thing has moved the needle the most for you in your career? Um, ne- never gave up actually, uh, because uh, a lot of failures. Before this, this this journey took take off, and I think being consistent, I, I don't have that many skills, that much skills, but you can always count on me. I'm always there. I can do and repeat things each and every day the same. So I think that's uh, that's uh, kind of a skill which brought me to uh, where I am uh, uh, today. Cool. Um, I, I mean, I love the the, the never give up. Uh, uh mantra or i think it, it, it's something every founder uh, needs and um uh so it's a great job on that what's the best advice you've ever received the best advice go go hire go hire people as i was scared to do it somehow and then it was all new for us but if i i really felt dumped now beside all these people in a company call as they are way more clever than me and they also solving things faster so it's kind of a relief and yeah, I should de- definitely say that's the best advice. Hi- yeah, hire people, replace yourself. Um, yeah, biggest failure you've made and lesson learned. <laughs> um, yeah, I re- recently shared it on LinkedIn as well. We have two revenue streams, and one of them is related to resellers. So we have a reseller model for agencies who are managing multiple accounts as they amount of profiles they manage fluctuates each month we decided in the early days to make a decision to just invoice them afterwards and with the best intentions we send it then on the first of the next month the invoice um, some of them did not pay we did not spend that much attention to it and i checked in yeah sure we're gonna pay we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and it ended uh, lately in a loss of 500k of past due invoices, which I don't expect will get paid. So that's, I think, the hardest lesson. Maybe too much trust in people, no proper systems in place. And at that time point, not able to overthink consequences that could happen. So that's definitely the most painful uh, uh, lesson, um, mistake, sort of, I, I made. 
What about the hardest thing about bootstrapping a startup in 2023? The second part to that question, and it can just be a quick yes, no. Um, will you ever take VC money? So hardest thing about bootstrapping a startup and will you ever take VC money? The hardest thing about bootstrapping is be able to change really quick and try to keep everything lean. Uh, also on the financial side, uh, the, the, balance is, the, the balancing between is hard. Would we ever take VC money? Um, you never know. We really want to reach 10 million on our own uh, and with the help of your great community this year. Uh, that's, uh, we all focus on, on that. I promised the team together with my co-founders to take them all to Dubai if we hit it this year with an over-the-top weekend, supercars, yachts, everything if we reach it. So I, 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 after that, we um, did not talk that much for it, to be honest. Now, uh, just a couple of final questions. So we talk, you joined the Sastop Founder membership um, last year. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about um, why you joined uh, that. Yeah, for, first, uh, first of all, not because we are in a call, but I was really quite impressed with all the things you, you, you're, you're doing for the European startup and, and founder community with, with the great SaaS stock events. Then I found out about the opportunity to be part of uh, uh, SFM, uh, the SaaS stock founder membership. And as I earlier mentioned, I, I, I was really fighting myself, struggling, feeling depressed sometimes uh, as a lonely wolf. Um, so it was an eye-opener to be able to, to share my story. And all to my story looks like an overnight success. I, I, I just gave a couple of examples with things I, I also fighting with. And to be able to share that with other founders which have a similar journeys, that, that only that is, is already... Uh, uh, the best reason to 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 become part of 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 the Sasto community, and on top of that, engaging with people uh, on live events, uh, be able to meet each other in person, like like we did last week. Yeah, it's it's it, it's something you need, especially as you're um, most of us worked sort of remote. That's definitely something. Yeah, you 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 just need 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 to do. And uh, these peer groups are very valuable. The, the people you bring in on a monthly basis to share their stories, to get all of us inspired. It's a yeah, phenomenal job you're, you're, you're doing here. And uh, um, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, due to all the help you guys providing, we, we will hit uh, uh, our goals this year. We, 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 we hope so. And we're glad to have uh, such founders as yourself as part of the SASTOP founder membership and uh, hope to uh, uh, recruit many more uh, like yourself and, and see you guys uh, you know, get to 10 million ARR with a, a bit of support from your other founders, but also uh, us at SASTOP as well. Uh, last question, Stefan. Um, where can people find you and Expandy online? I mean, imagine LinkedIn, but... Uh... Yeah, I'm back on LinkedIn, so that, that's a good reason to re-engage with me, just on my name, Stefan Smulders. Uh, although for the ones who are more active on Twitter, I, I, I have a, um, I'm quite active there as well. Um, I think it started last night, Smulders, Stefan, uh, pushing out tons of content about strategies, growth hacks, tactics, tips on, on how to leverage LinkedIn in 2023. Um, so that's sort of the main channel for the ones who want to know more about outreach on LinkedIn. I should strongly recommend to visit our blog on expandi.io slash blog where we drop the most actual and valuable strategies uh, 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 for everyone who wants to do a better job on LinkedIn. 
Very cool. Well, <clears throat> Stefan Smolders or Smolders Stefan, uh, thanks for being a, a great guest on the SaaS Revolution show. Um, you know, really good to see you uh, again. Uh, I know in, uh, in an hour or so, um, we've got a SaaS.Founder membership workshop with uh, the, 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 uh, Adam Hale, who's the former CEO of Fairsale, which sold to Sage. So that should be good. It's uh, about success in a recession. So I think whether this is only for SaaS founders, <laughs> but uh, I think one, one everybody should tune into. But, um, but great stuff, Stephen. Thanks so much. Um, we will speak soon. We'll see you soon. And uh, uh, great to have you on the, the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SaaSdoc conferences around the world. Want exclusive SaaS content and actionable insights to grow your SaaS? Join our community of over 36,000 SaaS founders at sasdoc.com.